It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome back to the Giants Rewind and the Giants huddle podcast, folks. This is our final Giants Rewind podcast. So if you're a subscriber, make sure you go and you subscribe to the Giants huddle. We'll still have all the same great guests we have on Giants Rewind, whether it's Sean O'Hara, who'll be with me in a second, Carl Banks, Howard Cross, David Deal. We'll just be doing those under the Giants huddle label. So make sure you go there and you subscribe, whatever podcast service you happen to have. So we're joined by Sean O'Hara. And Sean, of course, the Giants Podcast Network is presented by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of this show and all of our podcasts at Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. So we're kind of right before the chaos starts here, Sean. we got about a week until free agency opens. And then, of course, the draft a couple months after that. What are your main thoughts here with the Giants as to what they're thinking about here heading into this offseason? Yeah, it's a great question, John. And, and hey, what a strange time, not just from a pandemic standpoint, but from the standpoint that, that there was no combine. And you know, not having the combine, obviously you can't see the players. You can't evaluate these kids coming out. You don't get a chance to see them up close and personal, talk to them, visit with them, find out if they love the game. Um, but then the medical aspect of it as well, you don't get that evaluation. But you also don't get the conversations that happen organically between teams or even, hey, you guys have a player that's a free agent and you're not re-signing them. Why? Or, what? you know, we're, we like him. What what should we know about him? So, Sean, a lot happens at those bars in Indianapolis at 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, you know, look, I don't know what you do in Indianapolis, but I'm at Steak and Shake. Um, so, you know, it's <laughs> it, 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 I tell you what, people spill their beans over some French fries and a milkshake at 1 a.m., no doubt about it. So it's – you know, that aspect of it, it, it it's going to change everything. And now, obviously, in the virtual world, everybody, everything has to go through uh, through Zoom and Skype. But it, it's definitely going to be an interesting free agency because we don't have that foundation. Now, for the Giants, it's a very interesting point to be in because they don't have a ton of cap space. So free agency, they can't really be super aggressive because they just don't have the room to do that. So... Uh, it's definitely an interesting time. You know, I, I think first and foremost, the Giants have to figure out what are they doing with Leonard Williams. I think that domino is is a big part of their offseason puzzle. And if they're able to work out some sort of long-term deal and, and, and a cap-friendly deal, then they, they'll have some other options. But if, if they can't and they end up losing their best defensive player, I don't know that they can afford to go out and, and buy a big defensive, uh, you know, playmaker like Leonard um, so they're going to have to try to find some more veteran guys kind of like what they did with Kyler Fackrell and um, and see if they can find some value picks but that's going to make the draft even more important and I think one of the challenges right now man imagine being a general manager and you have probably half of the film on some of these big time draft picks um, and, and for the Giants they don't have a ton of draft picks um, but, you know, you, you really have to do your homework on, on these first and second rounders. Let's circle back to Leonard Williams for a second, because you're right, I think it's, it's kind of the key to the whole deal here, right? Are you approaching him as though he's a player that has now broken out and maybe not double-digit sacks every year because that's just tough for a defensive tackle, right? But eight sacks a year, or do you look at it, all right, this is a career year where maybe he's going to drop back down, or is it the system that makes him work? Just how do you view Williams, given the 11 and a half sacks last year is just such an outlier compared to the rest of his career? 
Yeah, I don't know that I would look at Leonard Williams and say he's a, a double-digit sack guy every single year. And I just don't think that's – that's not a knock on his ability or his talent. It's the position that he plays. Very few defensive tackles are, are averaging double-digit sacks that aren't named Aaron Donald. So – I look at it and I say it's probably more in between what he did last year and what he had done previously. But when you look at not just the sacks, John, I look at, at the quarterback hits and the pressures over the last two years. That's been the most consistent factor. And, you know, look, I know as an offensive lineman, look, there's times where you get beat and the ball is out and so no harm, no foul. As a defensive lineman, that's the most frustrating thing. When you make a good move, you beat a guy, and you get home and the ball is out and it's a quarterback hit as opposed to a sack, um, you know, that can be frustrating. But for Leonard Williams, I think the way that he played the run as well as the pass w w was extremely impressive. And he was downright unblockable. So the, the question for, for the Giants and really for Leonard Williams is what is he trying to place his value on? Is he valuing himself as a pass rusher and that's what we're going to focus on? Or are we focusing on, look, he is an every down defensive lineman. He doesn't come off the field. If that's the case, you could pay him more than just somebody who is a one-trick pony. So I think the versatility in this defense is why Leonard Williams thrived and why, why he's such a great fit for what Patrick Graham is doing because – he can play pretty much anywhere across the board, and he can do it effectively. Um, you know, the, the the tough thing is, I think if you're the Giants, you'd probably love to franchise tag him and and play that. Let's let's see if we could parlay this into another big year. But that's such a high cap number, and and for the Giants, they're already up against it. So it would behoove them financially to to do a long-term deal. Um, but with if you're Leonard Williams, you, you've been waiting for five years for this opportunity. Um, you, you're going to want to test it and see what's out there. And then the trick, to your point, if you have to put the tag on him, then it becomes very, very difficult to re-sign Dalvin Tomlinson, who is a teammate of his, just as important to the defense, just in a different way, different role, same position. But he's a guy in a defensive tackle market, Sean, that frankly is not very deep. He's going to be sought after. So just from a team-building perspective, can you dedicate – that many resources up front. You have Dexter Lawrence already on the roster as a, as a former first-round pick. Or do you have to then decide, all right, as much as we love Dalvin, we, it's better to use those resources elsewhere. How do you just view that whole situation? Yeah, it's a great question. Dalvin Thomason was a second-round pick, right? B.J. Hill was, I think, a fifth-rounder. Um, you know, and then you look at Dexter Lawrence, and he was 17th overall. So it kind of looks like the Giants have already been layering themselves for a situation like this. You know, you might say, look, we're good with B.J. Hill and, Dalvin, and you know, we can try to get Dalvin Tomlinson back, but even if we lose him, maybe we, we replace him with a, a, a draft pick, another, you know, second or third round player. So, you know, that, that's where the money ball aspect of it really comes into it. But if you don't, if you lose Leonard Williams, then now you say, all right, we, we need to keep Dalvin Tomlinson and, all, and try to bring in somebody else like a Kawan Short, um, you know, or a Sheldon Rankins from the Saints. So, uh, I, I think that's, you know, you got to kind of figure out, all right, what are we doing with Leonard? And then that will dictate how we're doing everybody else. How do you prioritize that? We'll stay on the defensive side of the ball, that second cornerback spot, which was kind of a, just a game of musical chairs last year for the most part. Is that critical, you think, to upgrade that second cornerback spot? And, and how, much, how many resources, whether it's draft or free agency, do you dedicate to it? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think when you look at what James Bradbury was able to do for the Giants and solidify that corner position, uh, that's a huge, huge pickup. And obviously it was a big contract too. So I think if you're the Giants, you're kind of hesitant to pay another corner a, a lot of money because you have so much already invested in that position on the other side. I think for the Giants, you know, look, I, I think that Darnay Holmes, they, they hit a home run with him. I think he's he's got a really big upside. Uh, he's a special kid, and and you know I, I would be tempted to kind of move him to the outside. Sam Beal, who opted out last year, is going to be coming back, and I know they really liked his athletic ability. So I, I think from the Giants' standpoint, let, create some competition out there that will make everybody better. And then they also have some really versatile players in Xavier McKinney and Logan Ryan who could move out the corner if you need to. Hey, Giant fans, don't forget, limited Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. And Giant fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants, member FDIC. All right, Sean, let's shift over to offense now where Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge and John Mara all made it very clear in their postseason press conferences that this team needs to add a playmaker. So I guess my question for you, is it just add a playmaker or do they need to add a legit number one playmaker, whether it's a wide receiver or somewhere else? Yeah, I, I agree. The Giants, they need offense. They need uh, somebody that can move the needle. And when Saquon Barkley went down last year, I think the entire offensive identity shifted. And um, they, they really were kind of left, you know, with just trying to pick up the pieces and figure out how can we be functional. So there's a lot of really good wide receivers out there right now. And, you know, like probably one of my favorites right now is Allen Robinson. The question is just, you know, what are the Bears going to do? If you're Matt Nagy, I can't believe he would want to let his best offensive player, you know, hit free agency. Um, but I, I think that's yet to be determined. Um, obviously, Allen Robinson would be a huge pickup, but there's some really quality wide receivers out there as well. Obviously, Kenny Galladay for the Detroit Lions. Um, he could be in the same situation. But a guy like Marvin Jones is, is a very capable wide receiver and somebody that can – give that offense the production. Maybe he's not, you know, a, a, a Devontae Adams, number one receiver from that standpoint, or maybe not as explosive as Kenny Galladay, but 18 touchdowns in the last two years is something I'm sure the Giants would love to have. The tough thing with the Giants offense is, you know, you want a playmaker, where are you going to put him? Because Sterling Shepard is your slot guy. Darius Slayton is your, is your speed receiver. But Defenses were able to take Darius Slayton away, and too many times he disappeared on game day, and that can't happen. So for the Giants, they need somebody that can create that matchup, that nightmare matchup, um, but then is flexible enough to be outside as well as move inside when you need him to. So I think for that, the Giants need to do that, and then also they need to – they need to bring in a running back that can be a good one-two punch for Saquon Barkley because it's to me it's not just can Saquon come back healthy. It's I don't want him to have 350 touches in a year where he just came off of an ACL injury. So if you're looking at Saquon Barkley, I'm looking at him from a long-term standpoint. He's not going anywhere. I don't want him to play for any other team ever. I want to prolong Saquon Barkley's career. So I think the Giants are going to have to be aggressive in bringing in another running back. Would you feel okay about 
just waiting for the draft and using that to add a playmaker. We've seen the last few years how even in the second round, you can find really good wide receivers. A.J. Brown was a second-round pick, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf. Go down the list. There's a bunch of them. Are you comfortable with that, given how wide receivers are really transitioning better now, Sean? Or would you want to add more of a sure thing in free agency? I think right now I would take the sure thing. I think, you know, to your point, yeah, you could find some good receivers in the second round, and and that's great. But in a pandemic situation where you have less time, give me the sure thing all day long right now. You know, and I think when you kind of look at – there's some good receivers coming out in this draft, you know, and you, you look at Devontae Smith down in, in Alabama. Um, you know, this guy was playing behind Jerry Judy and, and Henry Ruggs. Um, so, you, you know, he's a talented kid. Um, you know, there, there, there's some good receivers out there that you can get in the draft, but you just don't know how long it's going to take them to become that game changer. And, you know, you saw CeeDee Lamb down in Dallas. You know, the first couple of games of the season, he was trying to get his bearings and figure things out. His second half of the season was much stronger. I don't know that the Giants can wait that long. You know, when you look at last year, how things started out, it was it was a brutal and rough start, um, you know, for the entire offense. And in the second half of the season, they were a different offense. You can't risk that. and you can't You can't afford to have a slow start this year. All right, let's finish with the offensive line here, Sean, because to me I think it's an interesting conundrum, but I think it's kind of a good one if you understand where I'm going with this because they have a lot of young guys that they've drafted, whether it's Will Hernandez, former second-round pick, Shane Lemieux, Andrew Thomas, Matt Parrott last year, all draft picks. We know Andrew Thomas, plug-and-play left tackle, go get him, kid. But the rest of these guys, you want to give them a chance to grow and earn a starting role if they're good enough, but at the same time, you don't want to depend on them to be the starter, right? So how do you think they navigate this offseason where you give those guys a chance to improve and earn a starting spot if they're good enough, but at the same time, have somebody there that gives you at least a high baseline level of play in case maybe those guys don't develop the way you want? Yeah, I think the, the biggest aspect of it is chemistry and competition. And, and they, you need to bring in players that are going to push them. And just because you started X amount of games as a rookie doesn't mean that in year two anything is given to you. Uh, you've got to earn all that. So I, I think that the offensive line, to me, that finished in the second half of the season was a completely different group than we saw in the first eight games. But I think the key to that whole offensive line puzzle is Nick Gates. And Nick Gates and Daniel Jones in this offense – not being fooled by anything. And in year two, that's the most important part of this because it doesn't matter who you put in a guard and a tackle. If they're not all working together and they don't all know who they're going to from a blocking standpoint, it's not going to work. And I think that's where we saw the Giants' offensive identity struggle last year was there were too many times that they they were dysfunctional and, and beat themselves. That can't happen. But I think the group and the culture that they've started to create that started last year was that they're a physical group. They love to compete. Shane Lemieux, I love watching film on him. I thought he was very contagious. And I thought when he came in next to Andrew Thomas and Nick Gates, I, I thought it was, it, it was a real spark plug to that offense. Now, the interesting piece to this is going to be Will Hernandez and where does he fit because he, he can play right guard. And you know I think that that competition that I talked about, either Will Hernandez is going to step up and, and, and his play is going to improve or he's going to end up being a backup and not be able to get on the field. So uh, it's, it's going to be good for the group, um, as well as you know Daniel Jones in this offense in year two. How ready do you think Parrott and Lemieux specifically are to stepping in and being full-time starters to begin the year? 
Yeah, I think Shane Lemieux is ready. He, I think he proved it uh, last year with the way that he came in. And, and you know, look, there's some things he can certainly improve on his pass, uh, his pass sets and his hands and just getting bigger and stronger. Um, same thing with Parrot. And, and I think the big thing with Parrot is that he's a tall guy with long arms and he gets in trouble when he starts bending at the waist. So, you know, that's something that he can really work on with the footwork, with the technique. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing. I, I thought Matt Parrot was, was very stout. Um, and I thought he showed that he was a lot stronger than people thought he was. And you're a res resident center expert. You're good with Nick Gates at center, or would you rather maybe slide him to guard and, and bring in another center? I think Nick Gates is a better center than a guard, so okay. I, I, I don't like moving him out to guard. Um, but I think the thing with Nick Gates is, you know, his center's a different world. Things happen up close and personal. I call it CQB, right, close quarters, combat. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, w w once he kind of settled into that and realized how to use his hands, he got better. To, the mental side of the game is, is always the big task. And I think for him, there were too many times where the center and the guards were not on the same page. The running back wasn't on the same page. The quarterback didn't seem to be on the same page. So that side of it's got to improve. And, and I think that in year two, he can handle that. Um, but just like I said about Matt Parrott and Shane Lemieux, you know, he can get bigger, he can get stronger. And, and I think that, you know, look, he's an athletic kid. He played tackle in college. Um, he can handle all that stuff, but uh, this should be a big off season for him. And real quickly, the people talk about whether or not for salary cap purposes, you maybe have to move on from a Kevin Zeitler. He's obviously under contract, uh, was a good player last year. Can you afford though to do that, Sean? Because then you have to bring somebody else in, in theory, or do you trust Hernandez and Lemieux to man those two guard spots? How do you view that whole situation? Yeah, that's going to be a tough one for both Kevin Zeidler and the Giants to figure out, because if you're Zeidler, you know, you may not want to go to another team, and you may be willing to, you know, restructure or, or, or renegotiate if if that means you can, you know, can stay and not have to move the family. So there's definitely going to have to be some some adaptability and, and supplyability on both sides with that. Um, but th there are some other options free agent-wise that are out there that could be cheaper too. So you don't have to necessarily go back to ground zero at right guard, and you mentioned Will Hernandez as well. So there are options. All right, when we sit down on June 1st, or let's say July 1st, after all free agency is done, the draft is done, what are the most important additions or improvements that you need to see the Giants make? So when we get to regular season game one next year, we're legitimately talking about this team can and should win the NFC East. Yeah, I think the Giants definitely need uh, they need some some more offensive production uh, at wide receiver. You know, they need some some ability there. So I think definitely uh, somebody that can win some one on one matchups. And B press coverage would be huge. Um, I think, you know, running back wise, the, the, there needs to be a counterpart to Saquon Barkley. Um, offensively, I mentioned it, they, they, they have to stop beating themselves. And to me, the, this offseason, Jason Garrett and the offense, they should work on the blitz pickup and, and handling pressure packages from defense. That's where they have to improve on the most. Um, defensively, you know, it's again, it's it's a lot like what last year. I think they fixed the back end of the defense this year. It's all about fixing that pass rush and the front end, and they need to find a way to replace that production if they lose Leonard Williams. John, great stuff, my friend. Always a pleasure. All right, thanks, Johnny.
For Sean O'Hara, I'm John Schmelk. That's another edition, or the final edition, I should say, of the Giants Rewind Podcast and another edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. Thank you for being with us. Just as a reminder, everybody, uh, New York Giants, uh, they have suites available, so don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2021. As a Giant suite partner, limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Thanks for being with with us, all Giants podcasts can be found at the Giants Podcast Network, presented by Investors Bank on Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. For Sean O'Hara, I'm John Schmelk. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time, everybody. Stay safe out there.